Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. Well, we're used to the October surprises. <laughs> we didn't expect a November surprise, <laughs> but we got one yesterday. And we got uh, the November surprise from the same person we got the last October surprise on October 28 from FBI Director James Comey, which I believe just reinforces what we said about Comey uh, back on uh, October 28, that this is a guy who is guilty of mismanagement, uh, outrageous uh, abuse of power with the FBI, and uh, total... Um, CYA, basically, that's what it was all about on October 28th and yesterday's announcement as well. You know what I'm talking about, October 28th, when Comey suddenly announced nine days before the election, oh my God, we found some more Hillary Clinton emails and we have to reopen her investigation. Reopen the investigation, remember, that he had closed last July This was his announcement first where it all started on July 5 when the FBI spends a year and a half reviewing Hillary's emails on her private server, Director Comey. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. No reasonable prosecutor brings such a case. Now we got a flag flag for that. A lot of criticism from Donald Trump, said he was corrupt, was crooked, he didn't do a good job. Republicans in Congress said, what are you doing, letting Hillary off the hook? Comey stood by it. He said she was careless, reckless, but no, nothing illegal, no reasonable prosecutor. And then, again, on October 28, he stuns the political world by saying, oh, they discovered these new emails when they were doing this investigation into Anthony Weiner's uh, sexting, alleged sexting with a 15-year-old girl, and all these emails from Hillary Clinton showed up on the laptop that he shared with his wife. So they had to reopen the investigation. Again, with nine days to go, he did what everybody, Republicans and Democrats, former attorneys general, former uh, directors of the FBI said, no, 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 you don't do this. You do not, you do not play politics so close to an election. You don't give any impression that you are tilting one way or the other toward one of these presidential candidates. Comey did that by throwing this black cloud over the Clinton campaign by dropping this stink bomb into the into the mess. And then he said, it's going to be long time before we can get to the bottom of this. Everybody said it'll take him way until way after the election to decide whether there's any more stuff there. So again, all this, and it, and it, hurt, it, it hurt Hillary Clinton in the polls in the beginning. And all these questions about, oh, were there more, were were there classified emails here? 
was was there top security stuff? You know, did she buy all again? The same questions started swirling, even though Comey at the time admitted he didn't know how many emails there were. He didn't know whether they were pertinent. He didn't know whether they were duplicates and he didn't know whether they contained any classified information. Well, they put people on it around the clock. God, government can really move fast. Isn't that funny? Isn't that yeah. amazing? <laughs> yeah. And they so they put people around the clock, and they went through all these emails, and guess what they found out? Here it is. Headline in the New York Times today. FBI says review clears Clinton in the email inquiry. Director tells Congress many messages in the new trove were actually duplicates. And so what he's saying is, we looked at it, all the new emails, there's nothing there. We clear her yet again. So let's remember now, there was a huge congressional investigation. First of all, there were like 15 hearings, right? But then a huge congressional investigation that went on for under uh, that guy from South Carolina, Trey... Gowdy. Gowdy, yeah, yeah. right? Went on for, like, two years. They found nothing. There was an FBI investigation that went on for a year and a half. They found nothing. Now there's a yet a second investig- FBI investigation in the Hillary Clinton's emails. This one only took 10 days. They found Nothing. Don't you think it's time to bury the damn email story? How many times can they keep dragging this thing up again? It's just, look, it it is so purely political. There is nothing there. Can't we agree on that? And why did Comey rush this job through? Why did he put out this announcement yesterday that there's nothing there? You know why. Because he knows that Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States, and he's just trying to save his job. Yeah. Now, he does have a 10-year term, as many people have pointed out. But the president of the United States can fire the FBI director. Might get a little criticism for it, but the president <laughs> can fire the FBI president. Names and the president. There's nothing in the Constitution, unlike the Supreme Court, that says they're there for life or they're there for 10 years. The president can fire them. So Comey saw, I think... Uh-oh, I'm going to be out of a job November 9. I better get this baby done. And here's the question I have. Why don't you think that anybody else with any sense would have said, let's look at these emails before we make an announcement to the world that we're restarting another investigation? Don't you think they might have looked at the evidence and determined, as I believed it was the case, that these were just duplicates of the old emails they'd already looked at. Don't you think anybody in his right mind, anybody with any competence at all or good judgment would have done that before they threw this stink bomb into the election? Yeah, Comey. Wrong wrong man and the wrong job. You know what I think is interesting in this is... It's incredible that he did it that way. I, I, yeah, and I think that part of it was to disrupt... A lot of it was to disrupt the electoral process and to try and make people think that Hillary is worse than she really is. But it, it, it sort of has almost had 
uh, a strengthening effect on Hillary Clinton supporters, right? Because there will be plenty of reasons to criticize Hillary Clinton moving forward when she becomes president, okay? I I know that some people aren't going to want to hear that, but I'm sure that at some point during her eight years as president, you will probably find something to criticize Hillary Clinton for, Bill. That's that's a reality. You can bet on it. Okay. So... While that's true and while that's okay, you don't have to criticize her on every single thing. And this email thing certainly looks like a nitpicky, out-to-get, coordinated effort to make her look bad. We said before, she has said it. It was dumb to do. She should not have done it. She should not have had that private email server. She regrets it. She's apologized for it. It was a huge, huge mistake. But there was no breach of our national security. It It did not do anything damaging to the security of this country, and it is over, it is time, it is more, way, way, way past time to move on. Elias Ispwith joins us on our newsline, executive editor from Cafe.com. Hey, Elias, welcome back. Hey, everyone, how you doing? Hey, We're doing good. So, uh, James Comey, what do you think? He got a little nervous here? Uh, he didn't want to go into the election uh, having a... Uh, put Hillary on the spot. He had to kind of re- try to redeem himself. What's going on? I mean, you know, somebody's going to lose tomorrow, but but I know for sure that Comey's already lost in terms of one of the losers of this campaign. Amen. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing has been, you know, it was kind of a relief, I suppose, if you're someone who doesn't want to see Donald Trump become president, which I am, um, to have the news yesterday that they're going to, you know, clear her of what they cleared her of already. Yeah, But it just also kind of confirmed what a lot of people suspected, which is that this was a completely political uh, episode. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was political to begin with, right, I I believe. And and don't you think anybody uh, who was a competent manager would say, we better look at these before we make a big announcement, right, and see what we've got? Yeah, I mean, either way, the answer is kind of unsettling. Like, either... Comey can't control the FBI at all, or he cares more about his purse, you know, his his reputation among Republicans than the health of the you know larger American Democratic project, or nobody can control the FBI. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And the agents that are there, especially the ones that seems out of the uh, New York office, which is sort of famously hard to you know keep a lid on. Um, Nobody would be able to kind of keep these guys in line other than, I guess, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, I think the reason they like him is because Giuliani would, you know, let them do whatever they want. Right. Um, so either way, it's 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 kind of uh, unsettling. And, and it's a good reminder of why we're at a moment where Donald Trump is the nominee of, of a major party. Um, just how much our key institutions are not broken, I suppose, but breaking. That's a, you know, that's an excellent point. And this whole idea that, well, we had to uh, make this big announcement on October 28th because it's going to take weeks and weeks, if not months, to sort through all these emails, right? And that, Yeah, and then they turned around and they put all kinds of extra agents on there. And with the software, as Edward Snowden said, they could do it in minutes, if not hours, right? And, oh, totally. And they went through them all. So I mean, Yeah, I mean, just the very fact of how quickly they did it shows yeah. that he didn't need to send the letter at all. Exactly, yeah. Right. Now, now, um, what about this surge in Latino voting? Um, certainly bodes well for Hillary. Yes, it does. And, uh, you know, I guess we have to wait and see. But I, I think the last two presidential elections, one thing you 
you've been able to say in retrospect about sort of the mainstream media narrative is that in both cases, it, the narrative underappreciated or underrecognized the power of the votes of people of color. Uh, you know, in mm-hmm. 08, people weren't sure whether people were going to show up for Obama. Obviously, they did. In 12, the story was, well, they showed up for Obama the first time, but they won't but they be won't. as interested yeah. the second time. Yep. Uh, and they were. And so we'll we'll find out if this is true for, for this campaign. But I kind of suspect that the story will be on Wednesday, um, that once again, the mainstream media is so out of touch with the country that it doesn't appreciate how many people found Donald Trump from the start unacceptable and how powerful those people can be when they're organized. I got to tell you, the lines, the, the video of the lines of people in Las Vegas yesterday, right? Yeah. Early, early voting. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, it looked like, um, you know, a Jay-Z concert or something. I saw there were people who were ordering pizzas from all around the country. They were calling in oh. and having pizzas sent to the line because the line was so long. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a striking image across the country. We saw it in 12, too, of these huge lines. On the one hand, it's kind of inspiring because it shows what people will go through to exercise their right to vote. On the other hand, sometimes you're like, the reason that line is so long is because Republican state legislators have done everything they can to make it that long. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, by limiting the number of polling places. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump ac- accused the Clark County people of, uh, again, rigging the election against him because they let the polls open so people could vote. Whereas, yes. whereas in fact, the rule is if you're in line, you get to vote, Right. Right. And again, this is a thing, as you guys have talked about for more than a year, where Donald Trump is saying it in the loudest and, and kind of the dumbest language possible. But as I just said, this happened in 12, too. This is something the Republicans in general have, have been struggling with, to put it nicely, uh, for years. He, right. he didn't show up and introduce it. Yes, indeed. The uh, the latest news from uh, two of the polls, um, Hillary Clinton up in the AB, latest ABC poll, Hillary Clinton up 48 to Donald Trump's 43. And the latest CBS poll, which just came out, a tracking poll, Hillary Clinton 45, Donald Trump 41. Those are the last two polls we will see and we will hear from before tomorrow. But that doesn't mean anybody should be overconfident or lay back. We've got to get out there in a huge get-out-the-vote effort. And nobody is working harder at that uh, than uh, the good men and women of our labor unions around the country and the first labor union to endorse Hillary Clinton for president, the American Federation of Teachers. Nobody's been out on the campaign trail harder, working harder, and uh, stumping more for Hillary Clinton than President Randy Weingarten of the AFT, who joins us on our news line this morning. Randy, good to talk to you. You too, um, Bill. I think that an uh, NBC poll just came out at plus six, too. So you, oh, is that you're right? Totally right. Oh, good. Between oh. four and six. Oh, we will add that to the Let's list. Do it, yeah. So you're out on the front lines, Randy. What What's your gut tell you? What do you feel? What do you see? What do you hear? Um, my gut is that people, two things. One, um, there's um, tremendous excitement um, for Hillary and against Donald Trump, at least in the places that I've been to. We saw long lines. Um, in, I, I was in southern Florida all weekend. I'm now in 
Michigan got here late last night. Um, and going to Philadelphia t- um, um, tonight. Oh, for that big but, rally tonight, and, yeah. Yeah, but for everybody, for everybody I talked to, we we had six hundred. Um, we had six hundred people kind of um, in the field who were, you know, assigned by us in the field. You know, mm-hmm. release time assigned by us, and or you know, pe- people who have have volunteered to take off from their jobs and other things um, assigned by us in the field this weekend. We also had thousands of volunteers, and what we saw is long lines, real excitement, but this is what we saw. People are pissed at the FBI oh, for the last yeah. nine days essentially defaming Hillary Clinton and, and involving itself in the election, and you see a sense of, we are going to do this for our country. It's 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 not simply anymore the issues of public education and the economy as important as those are lifting wages, you know, ensuring an investment in public education, reducing student debt. It's not just that anymore. It is about our democracy and whether one will let a dangerous con man who is divorced from the truth in every which way, um, who is reckless and 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 unhinged, let him be near the presidency of the United States. Yeah, uh, I think I think the Comey thing really, if, if whatever his intention was, right, kind of backfired in a sense. But but leaving the idea of leaving that dark cloud over this campaign for like nine days, you know, right. just outrageous. As, as early voting was going on, you can't yes. tell me yeah. that there was no inter- and and then Giuliani, who well. you know I had to deal with as mayor. Frankly, he was no different as mayor than he is right now. He's just getting a larger stage. And the only time he was different was those few days in and around 9-11. But, you know, which, which frankly, I would assume that any mayor would mm-hmm. have rose to that occasion. But, you know, this notion of going out and every day, even after the FBI just did this, completely divorced from the facts... How dare you do that to Americans? There's not a Republican or Democratic nominee of a major party, and I'm, as you know, a social studies teacher, who would ever act like that kind of propagandist and and basically tell their supporters just anything they want to say that that is completely untruthful. And, you know, I I think it makes a very, very big um, you know, November 9th problem, but, you know, what we need to do is the next, you know, 48 hours, just make sure that we're doing everything we can, um, not just to win. Winning is vitally important in terms of saving our democracy, but what's also important is those Senate races so that that that, that Hillary Clinton can have the, um, the, the you know, the help and that she needs to do what she wants to do, which is raise wages and bring the country together. How about the battleground states? Where are they? And some of them will really will also decide not only the presidency, but who controls the United States Senate. Kyle Cheney's from Politico, a political reporter, been following these battleground states and joins us on our newsline this morning. Hey, Kyle, good to have you with us. 
Good morning, Bill. Good to be here. All right. So are we seeing any trend in the battleground states? Um, uh, I know with the early voting and everything, what do you see? Um, where should we start? Nevada, for example? Sure. Well, Nevada, that, that, if you want to talk about the, the huge bright spot for Democrats, that's it. That's a state that in the polling was close all along, maybe even gave Trump an edge. Right. But if you look at the early voting, the, the Democrats just, just, just dominated in Clark County, which is where three-quarters of the state lives. It's where Las Vegas is, and uh, is evidence that Hispanic turnout just surged in the last couple of days of early voting. The Dems are up by about 72, 73,000 just in Clark County, mm. uh, which is actually bigger than the lead that Obama had in Clark County uh, going into Election Day 2012 when he won the state by seven. <laughs> so uh, Democrats are feeling as good about Nevada as they are anywhere on the map. So all uh, and all we know about these early votes is that they got a Democratic ballot, right? One assumes that they voted right. for Hillary Clinton. Right. We don't know who they vote yeah. for. Um, you imagine there will be some crossover voting, probably in both directions uh, this time. And if one is more than the other, then maybe you're talking about some surprises. But uh, we, that, that we really don't know. And we certainly don't know how they voted for Senate, U.S. Senate. All right. Right. Yeah. Uh, although there's there's a thinking there's some thinking there uh, that if if Clinton wins by you know there's usually a certain amount if Clinton were to win a state by five or six points that's very hard for a Senate nom- Republican mm-hmm. Senate nominee to overcome that with crossover voters. Um, so the the margins really do matter here. Uh, how about Florida? What do you hear? So Florida, <laughs> it's it's very, it's very unsatisfying or, or or maybe true to form. It's going to be maybe the the, the biggest nail biter on the map. Um, Republican, <laughs> Democrat, again, huh? very, once again, exactly. If this race, if this election were to be close, there is a chance it could come down to Florida. Uh, I think, which is sort of a perennial thing we say, but um, but it really is true. Democrats, I think, had an edge in ballots cast by mm-hmm. a few thousand, uh, maybe ten thousand or so. There were signs that Hispanic turnout is way up, and there are a lot of them are independent voters, so we don't know which way the independent vote goes. Um, but there's demographically, Democrats are feeling good there. Um, but, you know, again, it looks like it's going to come down to tens of thousands of votes, which in a state of many millions is not a lot. The uh, Clinton campaign uh, winds up tonight in Philadelphia, not by accident, right? Pennsylvania right. again. Uh, and they're they're putting the whole show of force there, too. Um, you know, it is about every heavy hitter that has come out for Clinton will be there. Um, no, it's not an accident. I think if they've seen any weakness, Democrats, it's in their enthusiasm with African-American voters. Uh, it's also a state that Donald Trump has wanted to be the, the linchpin of his path to 270 electoral votes. Um, there's not a lot of evidence that's working for him yet. Um, Clinton led in all, almost all the polls there. But uh, they want to ice it there. They want to make sure that African-Americans are energized um, to come out. And, and hopefully that that has some impact, too, in places like North Carolina, uh, where there's also a large African-American vote. Right. Um, Pennsylvania, I think it's I forget how long it's been since a Republican won Pennsylvania. But it's a it's a 88, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's, it's a must win for Trump, isn't it? It, it is well. There's a, there's a couple. If, if he doesn't win Pennsylvania, let's put it this way, he basically has to win every other battleground state, including several that he's got virtually no chance in. You're looking at like Colorado and Virginia and things like that, where he's been down significantly for the entire campaign. Um, so there's a pass without Pennsylvania, but that pass is almost impossible. Um, Pennsylvania though looks like it's a tall order for him as well. So, but it may be his best chance of, of all the chances that are left. Uh, you mentioned North Carolina, and I was going to ask you about North Carolina. Again, we're talking to Kyle Cheney from uh, Politico. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's again we know a state that Barack Obama won the first time, did yep. not win the second yep. time, barely lost right. it the second time, uh, right. and it's been close and 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 goes back and forth. Where where do you see it today? Well, Republicans actually did better in the early vote period than uh, expected, and, and Democrats did a little uh, underperformed a little bit. But they they mm. credit that to the fact that Republicans spent a lot of the last four years. Uh, clamping down on some of the early vote locations, especially yeah. in the cities. So that may have dampened Democratic turnout during the uh, early vote period. But they, they feel good that, that uh, the de- again, the demographic graphic changes that may be pushing them upwards in Florida and Nevada, um, maybe at, at play in North Carolina, too. Uh, a lot of new Hispanic voters there and a lot of African-American voters, that, even if they don't turn out in the same numbers they did for Obama, um, could a- end up tipping this race toward her where she's led narrowly in the polls as well. And President Obama back there, he was back there again right. uh, uh, at, the, at the end of end of last week. So they put they put a lot of focus. And there again, as in Pennsylvania, a very key Senate race, right, that uh, could be determined exactly. by, by Hillary Clinton's performance. Right. Exactly, and the governor's race there, too. Of North Carolina yes. is really the only state where you've got all of those things at once happening. Um, n- New Hampshire... Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders was up there at the end of the week. Of course, he did so well in the primary in New Hampshire. Uh, they're up there campaigning for uh, uh, for Hillary. Um, what do you see? You know, that was a, a kind of a shocker when, when some polls came out last week that showed it with a margin of error race there. That was always considered yeah. kind of in the bag for Clinton. But I thought so, um, too. That's a, it's a state, you know, you're seeing it in a weird way where – the states that are more diverse and have larger Hispanic and African-American populations are, are sort of tipping toward Clinton. And the states that are, you know, a little white, whiter, a little more industrial, even if they've been historically Democratic, like Michigan, for example, like New Hampshire, are suddenly, you know, the states that Trump is feeling like he has a last second chance in. That may turn out to not, not that may not bear out tomorrow, mm-hmm. but um, but that seems to be where the polls have tightened the most. Yeah. Well, would Ohio fit in that same category? It would, and that's been one. I think maybe of all the battleground states that Obama won, uh, that's the one where the, the Trump campaign thinks it can turn. And maybe Iowa in that group as well. Yeah, uh, the Trump thinks he can turn it turn it in his direction this time. Uh, Ohio seems to have tightened actually in Clinton's favor, though it's still a total nail biter and, and may lean Trump slightly. But yes, that's exactly that pattern there as well. That would be yeah. For, if Hillary to win, Hillary were to win Ohio, that would be stunning. I think. Welcome back to the program. Uh, the author of the for the Hill, a great newspaper I write a column for. We told you about that. Uh, the Hill's twenty twelve thirty report. Kate Martell. I read it every single day. Kate, good job. Nice to see you. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Thanks morning, so Kate. much for coming in. If you were looking for one more reason uh, not to vote for Donald Trump, may I suggest that you look at what was released by the campaign today? Uh, Kate's the one who brought this news to us on the uh, what the Trump cabinet would look like. They have now revealed, uh, Kate, uh, a big job for Newt Gingrich. They have, and Rudy Giuliani. They're looking yeah. for Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani for Attorney General, Newt Gingrich for Secretary of State, mm-hmm. retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn for either Defense Secretary or National Security Advisor. And Reince Priebus? Reince Priebus for Chief of Staff. Oh, my God. There we go. Uh, and uh, Chris Christie? 
notably missing. He was the head of the transition team, and he doesn't seem to be tapped for a major position in the administration. So uh, he's had yeah. a rough weekend, but he uh, must be thrilled uh, with yeah. that. I think the Bridgegate scandal uh, killed his chances for being attorney general. But seriously, Newt Gingrich for secretary of state, Rudy Giuliani for attorney general. Oh my God! There you go. Yeah. Um, Headlines for the next four years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So <laughs> what happens to Donald Trump November 9? If if he wins, he's going to be right. on his high horse. Let's right. just. Yeah, right. We'll say that. Let's say he doesn't win. What happens? I think he's going to be in a severe depression. He has been in the headlines for months before he ran. And he's getting gotten such a high over the crowds and the attention, the headlines, and every there's a headline written about everything he tweets. I think he's going to be at a major, major depression. Um, there's some talk of, yes, Trump TV, but I think the chances of Trump TV happening are pretty low. Looking at what it takes to be able to build a television network is the infrastructure and the capital that goes into that is so significant and so expensive when they're in such a Heavy, like a very saturated market, not to mention even getting an actual TV station, getting a number is mm -hmm. so difficult um, that in the past, usually you have to buy it from somebody else. That's how current TV has switched back and forth when Al Gore lost it. And, um, the chances of him, that happening, I think, are very slim. Kate Martell here, still with us from uh, the Hill. The Hill uh, here is a friend of Bill for the entire hour. Um, we're now joined by Amanda Turkle, who is the p p political managing editor at the Huffington Post and senior political reporter. Amanda, good to see you. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for joining our little roundtable here, <laughs> or the panel this morning. Let's assume that Hillary Clinton gets more than 270 electoral votes. It clearly, without any recount, she's elected the next president of the United States. What happens to Donald Trump and what happens to the Republican Party? Kate. I am so excited to see the autopsy report for the Republican <laughs> Party. Back in 2012, the autopsy report right. was saying that they needed to be more inviting <laughs> to Latinos and to younger voters and to try to bring them in. I think that this, and women and women. This election has not done that. Um, I'm going to be it's really excited done to see just the opposite. <laughs> can they? Are they going to be self-aware about that, or how can they flip it around for next time? Um, I think the Republican Party is in. It's hard to say. Will things start to? Will more hawkish Republicans kind of be more supportive of Clinton in an administration? Is depends how she goes with an administration, or is it going to be just as partisan and ugly as ever? So, so but Amanda, the question is that kind of begs the question: Whose Republican Party is it after uh, November eight? Is it still Donald Trump's party, or? Do Paul Ryan and others try to take it back? And I think uh, Ryan's Priebus, who I think his autopsy p report was very good, and it really did identify a lot of the problems with the Republican Party, has lost a lot of face this election. I mean, you know, he is out there unequivocally endorsing Donald Trump. A lot of, I mean, I, I think that, I think that he in his heart would have liked to have done more of the things in his autopsy report, but couldn't. Um, but, you know, what's he going to do? Put together another autopsy report that's exactly the same, but then he ignores it when they get another candidate that he decides he has to support. So Reince Priebus doesn't have quite as much credibility on this as I think he once did. Uh, 
you know, there is this part of the the Republican Party. Well, let's come back to who's the leader of the Republican Party on November 9th. I think that that's a great question. I don't know who it is, and I don't think Republicans know who it is. You know, Paul Ryan obviously represents one faction. But look, these Donald Trump voters aren't going to go away. The Republican Party can't just ignore them. But for so long, they have been sort of fueling them. You know, you saw this with the Tea Party when mm-hmm. you saw this with the birthers. They didn't always maybe necessarily embrace them, but they didn't sort of distance themselves either. They just sort of let it go in because they knew they needed these votes. So now they're stuck with a party that is divided. And so I don't know where it's going to go, quite honestly, but I know that there are a lot of Republican women, for example, who are very, very upset with the party and say that the, you know, they don't feel welcome there anymore. Many of them, some of them are voting for Hillary Clinton and saying that if the Repu- Republican Party wants to win them back, they need to need to do some work. But on the Hill, Kate, what do you hear? Is is Paul Ryan in such trouble that he might not be a reelected speaker? You know, so my colleague Scott Wong at the Hill is reporting that chatter is growing that Speaker Ryan will step down and won't run for speaker because he doesn't think he has he has enough votes. Um, he's in a tough spot, regardless of even assuming it looks like the Republicans are going to keep the House. Regardless of how the Senate goes, Paul Ryan looks weakened. He it was fairly obvious throughout the campaign cycle that he was back and forth and looked a little disingenuous because it was hard to tell where he was standing. So I think he's he's I, damaged goods at this point, And it's going to be interesting to see, will he stick it out? Um you know, what are I, his political ambitions? I was remembering yesterday. Remember the whole Kabuki dance when it looked like Donald Trump was going to be the nominee and Paul Ryan wouldn't say whether or not he would endorse him? <laughs> yes. And they bring Donald Trump down here and they huddled at the RNC headquarters and I don't know, for an hour or something. And then Paul Ryan came out and he still wouldn't. He said they had a good meeting, but he still wouldn't <laughs> say that he would endorse. I mean, it took him weeks to say finally <laughs> that he would endorse the nominee. And now he won't even mention his name, right? He wouldn't campaign with him, but now he, he will campaign with I mean, yes. <laughs> For the last he, he day. Right, exactly, at the very, very end. <laughs> now he published an op-ed saying everyone vote for Trump. So it, Yeah, he couldn't have played this thing worse. I think he's been so, so all over the place. All right. The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This is The Bill Press Show. All right, relax. It'll all be over tomorrow. And the first thing Wednesday morning, the Republican Party, top to bottom, owes America an apology. John McCain should apologize for letting Donald Trump call him a coward and then support him anyway. Ted Cruz should apologize for letting Donald Trump accuse his father of plotting to assassinate John F. Kennedy and then still voting for him. Paul Ryan should apologize for refusing to mention Donald Trump's name and still support him. And then every single member of the Republican Party ought to apologize for sticking the nation with the most disgraceful, unqualified, embarrassing, and unhinged candidate in the history of this country. That's my parting shot for today, folks. Hey, we're going to be live on Free Speech TV on election night tomorrow from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, a special two-hour live show on Free Speech TV. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't already done so, go to YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Sign up, subscribe to our new video stream. Do it today. And then we'll see you This is The Bill Press Show.